2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
3: mobilecom an awful lot of talk, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast... And we begin here with an item on the text line. In response to our conversation last hour. This texture says, if this law passes, will pastors who refuse to marry same-sex couples be breaking the law and can be arrested or their church be penalized? I don't know. Who knows? I'm not trying to scare people here. But I think there's some mystery here. Which is why you had Mike Lee trying to provide some protections. Religious liberty protections here, which apparently a number of senators did not care about, or they thought that, you know, everything's going to be fine. Just trust the government. Trust us. (laughs) It looks like Kerry Lake lost fair and square as well as Oz, but it's a good thing to know no fraud happens, right? I guess we just didn't vote hard enough. I detect the sarcasm there. And I would just say I'm just telling you folks, I'm appealing to you. Get off of this twenty twenty election stuff. And I think this is much more personally damaged. The, The irony of this I you know, when I see Carrie Lake, when I hear her, she's a very compelling person. I think the baggage from her association to Trump And this rigged election stuff. I think that was her undoing. I think there's enough of a margin in that alone that she probably would have won that race. Dr. Oz, that's another story. I'm just not sure that he came through loud and clear in really identifying with the people of Pennsylvania. Keep in mind, the guy's a carpetbagger worked for Hillary Clinton but not so well in Pennsylvania he always had a tough hill to climb there but I also think there were a lot of unforced errors these are the things that get us in trouble and we're gonna talk about this a little bit later on as to why I I, I'm just let me this 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 may sound like a contradiction do what you want Perhaps to help Herschel Walker over the finish line. But at the same time recognize that there are so many self-inflicted wounds in that candidacy. I don't want you to be terribly surprised if he goes down next week. I'm just saying. First, I want to talk about economic issues as if our energy issues are not bad enough. Now there's a warning that a strike by U.S. railroad workers, which could happen, could have dramatic impacts on energy delivery. Industry groups now warning of logistical snarls and price increases for consumers. Shocking, isn't it? Supposedly, the President and Congress are scrambling to avert a strike. Would predominantly affect communities where commodities are brought in that can't be transported by pipelines like coal and ethanol. A number of energy trade groups have vocally lobbied for Congress to step in, warning a strike could be devastating to their industries. And certainly to you in your pocketbook. Jeff Cooper said in a statement, Jeff Cooper is the Renewable Fuels Association president and CEO. Our country's ethanol producers rely greatly on the railroads to move their products to market. And if the nation's trains stop running, the nation's ethanol biorefineries stop running as well. We need a resolution quickly. So the 400,000 plus jobs supported by our nation's ethanol industry and the rural economy itself will not suffer the dire consequences of an interruption in rail service. Yet another potential issue here. More than 95% of domestic ethanol supplies manufactured in the Midwest, so it requires rail transport to heavy-use states like Texas and California. More than 70% of ethanol produced in the U.S. is transported by rail, and the last five years, American railroads have transported an annual average of almost 395,000 carloads The ethanol plants themselves, meanwhile, rely on rail transport for about 25% of the grain used in production. I think you get the picture here. One oil company communicating the biggest impact is actually on the delivery of ethanol to the terminal logistics and distribution system. Because gasoline contains 10% ethanol in every gallon that is sold... It becomes an integral part of the supply chain. Without which supply shortages will develop. That's all we need, right? Now this guy is saying the existing ethanol stockpiles contain enough that it's possible a short strike could come and go without affecting consumers. They're saying this window is about 10 days. However... As those delays progress and get extended, we find the terminals run out of ethanol, consequently will not be able to supply their consumer demand for gasoline to be sold at the retail service station. You know what that means, don't you? Price increases. Twelve unions representing railroad workers have spent nearly three years negotiating a new contract with rail carriers. The members seeking seek leave, more flexibility in schedules, and a raise. You remember, union leaders agreed to a Biden administration-brokered deal earlier this year. The rank and file of four of the five unions, well, they said hell no. And without a deal, a strike could begin December 9th. In case you're wondering, that's a week from Friday. The workers saying, we don't want a strike, we want what's just. So, just a heads up about this... The hope and expectation is that there's some resolution that comes here and maybe one that's imposed here by Congress. They can get involved here and bring it an into this thing. We will go into further details about this after the break, but there's a changing the guard that's about to take place in the House. Nancy Pelosi and her lieutenants are on the way out. And there's a new Crop of leadership emerging in the House. Who are these folks? And I think it's very interesting. You know what's really telling? That you've got a changing the guard in the Democrat Party. And what are we doing in the Republican Party? Well, we've got a little recycling action going on. The next person in the chain of command just moves up. Now, this guy isn't necessarily a fossil, like a guy over there in the U.S. Senate, a guy named Mitch McConnell, you know, the turtle-headed guy. But the problem is, this guy's not conservative. In fact, I don't know what the guy believes. I don't know what he stands for, other than himself. Anyway, we'll talk about what's going on in the Democrat Party. As we continue the broadcast, also, I do want to give you a heads up about what's taking place in Georgia. Early voting is already underway, by the way. And I'll tell you what, the Warnock campaign, they have got a brutal campaign commercial that's running right now. I'm going to play it for you, and I want to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast. Stay with us. Hey, Bob.
0: Call from mom. Answer it
2: you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import Chicago, Illinois.
3: To your calls here in a moment but i first want to tell you about what's happening in the democrat party house democrats ushering in a new generation of leaders i've mentioned him before on this program representative hakeem jeffries he's about to become the first black american to head a major political party in congress with nancy pelosi stepping aside AP characterizing this as a rare show of party unity. After midterm election losses, the House Democrats expected to move seamlessly today from one history-making leader to another, uniting around this 52-year-old New Yorker who's vowed to get things done. I love that phrase. Actually makes me want to barf. Even after Republicans won control of the chamber. Jeffrey's telling reporters on the eve of today's vote it's a solemn responsibility we're all inheriting and the best thing we can do as a result of the seriousness and solemnity of the moment is lean in hard and do the best darn job that we can do for the people Kevin McCarthy <laughs> we've had that conversation haven't we Jeffries goes on to say it's rare that the party that lost the midterm elections would so easily regroup and stands in stark contrast with the upheaval going on among Republicans who are struggling to unite around Kevin McCarthy. As the new House speaker as they prepare to take control when the new Congress convenes in January. Wednesday's internal Democratic caucus votes they're taking place behind closed doors today. Jeffries and the other top leaders expected to win by acclamation without any Challengers. Here are some other names you're likely to become more familiar with in the coming days. The trio led by Jeffries, who is poised to become the Democratic minority leader, includes 59 year old Catherine Clark of Massachusetts as the Democratic whip, 43 year old Pete Aguilar of California as caucus chairman. The new team of Democrat leaders sliding into the slots held by Pelosi and her top lieutenants, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer of Maryland, and Democratic Whip James Clyburn of South Carolina, as the 80-something leaders make way for the next generation. And I say, let's do the same thing in the Senate. That would be nice. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's going to happen. Love to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast. Let's go first out to a call from Ryan here in Charlotte. Good morning, Ryan.
4: Hey, good morning, Vince. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Same here. I, I just wanted—I just wanted to say I know I know things look negative right now, and you know we're some of us are trying to stay positive, and you know it, it's, it's, it's looking bad, and a lot of these things are going to take over, and they they are going to be. Somebody might be marrying their dog one day or burying or their own child for God's sake. I mean I mean we don't know what direction, you know, it could go. But all, all I can say is that um as much as I don't like what I see right now, um something I think that all of us Christians need you know need to remember, need to understand is yeah, th- this has been talked about, you know, bib- biblical prophecy, you know, all, all of this was talked about, how how bad it was gonna get you know this was all possible that's the one thing that makes me not get but so upset about it but but also know that when these negative things happen so god says over 300 times in the word he says fear not and he also says no weapon formed against me shall prosper so all all of this will will win i mean it'll win for a little while it'll take over but then the lord you know we stop, stop depending on politicians and us voting on people to try to change. how we think it's going to be the when the hand of the of the Lord, when the hand of the Lord comes down, and all this evil and stuff falls, or things start to crumble the way He's the, the way it's supposed to. The way He wants them. Then we'll all see. You know, we we, we did when you know this stuff lasted for a little while, but I don't think it's going to be permanent because once once the Lord gets involved, He says, "Fear not, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper." I don't care if you're Texas, Texas, or anybody want to criticize me for what I'm saying. I don't care. You know, I've got the Lord (laughs) on my side. I'm just saying what I think we all need to hear, and this stuff won't last forever.
3: You know, thanks very much, Ryan. Always good to hear from you, and it's a great reminder to us that this is ultimately temporary. It really is. It's all temporary. And the people who are celebrating what they think are victories— you know, they're victories for now. One day, this will all be set right, and that's very true. Out to the sprawling metropolis of Fort Mill and Stan. Good morning, Stan. Welcome.
1: Hi, I'm Vance. Hi. You were asking a while ago a question about, oh, Lisa Murkowski, like why do people continue to vote for people like that? Um, and you'll find that true at the Senate level. And and here and here's why. If you look around the country, 30 of the state legislatures are controlled by Republicans. Only 13 of them are controlled by Democrats. So, when the original Constitution was written, it had a provision that the state legislatures should appoint the senators.
3: Right. If that were yep. true,
1: then probably approximately two-thirds of the two-thirds of the Senate will be controlled by Republicans. And I will bet you that. If you, pay, if you look at the tension, I'll bet you that there's more money from outside of Georgia and more pressure outside of Georgia to control that Senate mm-hmm. than actually within the state of Georgia.
3: <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me the least bit. Uh, they're really well, counting they, on they, this, they. aren't they?
1: Yeah, that, and that's true. So, so undoing that amendment basically placed the senators being able to work for, at the, for the federal government at the federal level. Yes. And they, and they control federal policy and the money. Yep. So that, that removed the people's control. So if we ever do have a convention in the states, what we need to do is repeal that amendment and let the state legislatures appoint the senators. That way the senators would actually represent the state.
3: You're right on the money. You know, I love good thinkers like Stan. I very much appreciate your call. And this is one of the this is one of the ways the progressives have advanced their cause by getting rid of the selection of senators by states so the states really don't have representation at all this was intentional folks this was intentional it's easier to get to them through Washington the lobbyists see if your senator is screwing up and you've got a legislature that is sensitive to your needs and they're getting calls where they can recall those senators it's like okay you know what your services are no longer needed now what kind of recourse do you have you don't have any that person's elected one year in and the person's a total screw-up you're stuck with that person for five more years it's diabolical this is what it is diabolical still to come we're gonna talk about the state of Georgia and you're gonna hear The devastating ad, I think it's a very clever ad that Raphael Warnock has put out to challenge Herschel Walker. Who knows, it may be even a death blow. That much more as we continue on the Vince Coakley radio program on this Wednesday. Stay with us. We continue our broadcast I want you to for a moment just forget about political labels and I want you to just listen to this particular commercial I'm about to share with you as a just as a viewer you're sitting down and you're putting yourself by the way I want to set the table here What the Warnock campaign did here, very effectively, Raphael Warnock, their campaign basically got people to sit in a room and watch a bunch of clips of Hersha Walker at campaign events. And they have found really the most unflattering pieces of audio they could possibly find. And they've played them for these people, just allegedly random people. We don't know who they are for all we know these people may work for the campaign but this this commercial really is effective and it's an example of what happens where you become your own worst enemy where you provide unforced errors and an opportunity for your opponent to just beat the hell out of you here is that commercial that's airing for Raphael Warnock basically mocking Hershel Walker (laughs) You ever watch a
4: stupid movie late at night hoping it's going to get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires and cool people. What the hell is he talking about? (laughs) Is he serious? Is he for real? But I'm going to tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire, do you know What that? is he talking about? I never about? knew that, so I don't want to be a vampire anymore. I want to be a werewolf. Oh my gosh.
3: He's talking about vampires and werewolves
0: right now. Yeah, Y'all serious about this, right?
4: So I've been telling this little story about this bull out in the field what? with cow. <laughs> and three of them are pregnant. There's no substance. There's nothing. So you know you got something going on. It makes me want to laugh,
0: and then it makes me think we're in trouble.
4: But all he cared about He's kept his nose against the fence, looking at three other cows that have been blown to him. Now all he had to do is eat grass. This video is ridiculous. That's 35 seconds of my life I'll never get back.
1: Why would I want someone like that leading the state of Georgia?
4: Our good air decided to float over to China. bad air. Unbelievable. So when China gets our good air, their
3: bad air got to move.
1: It's all the same air.
3: Not only does it make no sense, I don't even understand what he thinks he's saying. So it moves over
4: to our good ass Then now we gotta clean that back up. I sit and watch these on Twitter, and I'm like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Like, literally,
3: what is he talking about? He's completely unqualified for this really, really serious job. No one's watching this and being like, oh, man, that guy's got it together. And sometimes, like, I
0: read through the comments, because I'm like, Is anybody actually understanding, or are we just sitting here wasting time? It is embarrassing. Let's call it what it is. It is embarrassing. They just care about getting a yes man. Somebody that had just punched the button. I think it's a risk to me and
3: millions of Georgians to put this man in a position of power.
1: Let's call it what it is. This is embarrassing as hell.
3: At all. I mean, well, you know. (laughs) By the way, the last woman who's, it's an old black woman. And she literally gets up out of her chair. It's like, I've seen enough of this nonsense. <laughs> I'm telling you folks, that's an effective commercial. It really is. Miss, I'm sure these observers work for Warnock. They might very well. This was very well produced. I really have to hand it to him. Is this seriously the best we have to offer as far as candidates go? This midterm has been embarrassing for the American people. Yeah. Vince pro-abortion socialists make terrible senators. Never mind pastors. Yep. Another texter saying here B.S. Those kinds of ads didn't hurt John Fetterman, did it? No. <laughs> You're gonna have Senator John Fetterman soon. <laughs> Gosh, I'm. But I think the point someone raised here about the quality of candidates it really is an issue. You know best. You know, bless Herschel Walker's heart. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Well-intentioned. And, you know, part of me hopes that he makes it across the finish line. I'll tell you what. He has really, really uh, not done too well. Just putting it that way. Vincent is so disgusting, a reverend would sink this low to hit Walker. <laughs> this surprises you? Ah, <laughs> uh, This guy, I'm, I'm serious. Um, Warnock is, I mean, do you remember Jeremiah Wright? Well, Warnock's pretty much in the same category. Just keep that in mind. So you should not be surprised at all that what you get here. No surprise at all. Warnock says, God will forgive your sins if you vote for him. Jimmy out of fountain. <laughs> Vince, I don't care what the ads are. Warnock is supposed to pastor who supports abortion. Enough said. Yeah. If a white candidate is said about Horsha Walker, he would be labeled a racist for saying those things. Yep, this is it's open season. It's black against black here. That's really what you've got. Oh, what did you think? Early voting is already underway, and I understand the turnout has been extraordinary. And I don't know what that means. I really don't. There's polling that shows that Walker is up by a point. um, But we're not going to know for sure until next week. Is when that election unfolds, Tuesday. Let's come closer to home. Speaking of candidates, and we're not going to have time to delve into this. What a shame. But we're going to talk about 2024 and one of the names floating out there as a possible candidate for president. It's not one of my favorites. This person is not on my list at all. Nonetheless, the speculation is there. And you'll get to hear from this person who is contemplating throwing a hat in the ring. So we'll delve into that much more on tomorrow's broadcast as time permits. Stay with us. This is the radio program on this Wednesday, and breaking news to tell you about it is now official as of a few minutes ago. We now have a new House Speaker who has been elected. Actually, House Minority Leader has been elected. Hakeem Jeffries has been elected as the new party leader for the Democrats. And his office, of course, will begin in January of 2023. Two other lawmakers, Representatives Catherine Clark and Pete Aguilar, They also will be part of the leadership team of the Democrat Party. This is now official. The vote made official just a few minutes ago. Over on the text line, we have this. Some really interesting texts here. This person said, if my pastor's name rhymed with warlock, I would change churches. (laughs) If you hope Herschel Walker wins, what does it say about you? That I don't like socialism. It takes a week for Democrats to figure out how many votes they need to win. Okay. I'd rather vote for Walker than a con man wearing a cleric's collar who evicts tenants for being $28 behind in their rent. Ooh. Generally, the right will turn away from an embarrassing or corrupt candidate. The left will rally around them and attack you for pointing it out. And this, Walker is ingenious. What is this ingenuously sincere Warnock is deviously deceptive the true nature of the Democrat is revealed after the election guess we will find out won't we time for us to take a look at the day in history Chris how are you doing today doing well Vince thank you good we have a pretty good list here Uh, a couple of these are kind of tough you know Nobody in a million years will get like two or three of these, but we'll get through them. Beginning in 1858, uh, we had a lot of these uh, jars that were in our house because my parents did a whole lot of canning. 1858, John is his first name. He's from New York. He issued a patent for his screw top jars. What is his last name? mason mason is absolutely correct mason jars 1876 yale beat harvard this happened on thanksgiving day what game were they playing uh football i suppose college football this was the first thanksgiving college football game oh very nice 1886 is the year and this music hall and theater opened in paris I think you will not figure this out. Uh, in a million the years. Louvre is a is a museum. I'm, I'm you're gonna have to tell me. It's I believe it's pronounced the Folies Bergere. It's a music hall and theater that opened in Paris and
4: uh, frankly, I'll confirm how it's pronounced when I go.
3: <laughs> Which will be never. I'll, I'll, I'll come back and tell you. <laughs> you are right there with me. I don't give a rat's for it. Rat. Nineteen fifty four. What was that thing that crashed through the roof of a home in Alabama and hits a woman? What was it? A meteorite, I believe. Yeah, a meteorite. This was eight and a half pounds. That's Too early for
4: space junk.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. 1965, uh, this guy put out a book called Unsafe at Any Speed. It hits bookstores, and it killed the Chevy Corvair. Who was this consumer advocate? Very famous. I think he even ran for president later.
4: Uh, I only know oh
3: consumer advocates. I know Ralph Nader and you David You are Horowitz. correct. I, Ralph it's Nader? Ralph Nader. Okay. He's the one who wrote Unsafe at Any Speed. You got that one right. We'll come back to the musical question. We go to 1983. This guy connected to beer. Alfred is his first name released after being kidnapped held 21 days a 20 million dollar ransom was paid the kidnappers were eventually caught what's Alfred's last name Coors oh no Milwaukee's best Heineken it's Heineken 1998 a big big merger in the oil business the world's largest company at the time it's not anymore. Do you know what these oil companies are? Well, it was Exxon and somebody. Exxon and mobile. Okay. Exxon Exxon mobile. Mobil. Exxon Mobil. You're right on the right track there. And 2004, 74 consecutive wins on Jeopardy, and this guy finally lost after earning over three million dollars. That's some pretty good work. That's yeah, Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings. I don't.
4: I don't watch Jeopardy. Why? Why do
3: I know that? Everybody knows Ken Jennings. There's so much I could know, yet I know that. Yeah, well, I'm with you because I also knew that. So we're in the same boat. 1982, we had this monstrosity of a hit record released. Uh, It's kind of a big deal. You want to hear it and determine whether you know what this is? I think you're going to know. Oh, that's thriller. Wow. See, you've got the same ear I do. Choose to drive my wife up the wall. Oh, same. monstrosity. I get it. Yeah. Very good. Very there clever.
4: There goes. i this critically acclaimed. It's-
3: yeah, this is. But it was monstrous. It was a big hit for sure for Michael Jackson, and uh, it certainly went down in the history books, ladies and gentlemen. That wraps up our look of the day in history. Don't time, don't have time today for a bizarre story. Uh, But perhaps we will be able to delve into one on tomorrow's broadcast, if time indeed permits. But we very much thank you for joining us for the broadcast today. Lord willing, we're back tomorrow at the same time. Have yourselves a great and safe day. God bless you. This is the Vince Coakley radio program.